0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. This week, we are discussing the Well of Ascension chapters 38, 38, 48, 49, and 50. 38 was a long time ago. Hopefully, you guys already heard that one. <laughs> Wherein, Vin and Ellen get married, finally, and then they leave the city, much to uh, Tindwill's displeasure. And then we get some interesting uh, Straff and Arian sections, which... He's kind of uh, throwing in some different character perspective. We got some interesting stuff. So, I am Data, and with me is. Joe. Jamie. And Dak. So, hang on to something, everybody. The Sander is about to begin. Elders tell us, keep of the Bible, treasures of the dirt. Brush and string, we swivel and sing, and think for the animals of the earth. And we. before we get started, I just wanted to let everybody know, now that we're into December and Christmas time and everybody's got family stuff going on, we are going to be skipping a week next week, maybe, maybe two weeks as our kind of Christmas break here. And so I just wanted to let everyone know ahead of time, you're going to have a week, maybe two, uh, without new episodes, unless I come up with some little random five-minute tidbit to throw out to entertain people, which I don't know that I will. But please keep with us come back after our christmas break for us to finish up the wall of ascension we are so close to the end now yeah so we got some interesting i want to say a lot of it is kind of set up for what is clearly about to happen but uh, some kind of high stakes setting up what did you guys think of these three chapters
1: well um <clears throat> first guys sorry about my voice i actually uh, i actually have COVID. i'm okay but you know dealing with that so my voice is going to be kind of weird this episode. I, I like these chapters. My COVID brain may not remember everything that happened, but the wedding was kind of the immediate wedding was kind of a shock. I definitely laughed out loud when she's like, "I killed your brother," because we talked about that in the last episode, about how she was just going to run in there and say talk about his brother, and she definitely did that. Yeah, you called that. And then I really enjoyed them kind of getting out of town. The Rian stuff was unexpected for me even though we had kind of talked previously about her having like being up to something extra but it was definitely not what i was expecting so that was uh, that was good too and then uh the tin stuff kind of made me sad because she's ang she's so angry and then uh, i re- we really definitely left off on a cliffhanger in the last chapter because the battles i guess the some kind of battles about to begin and i really uh i'm really sad that straff didn't die i was really hoping, <laughs> was really hoping that that uh, he was not going to wake up from that
2: yeah i kind of i kind of felt the same way i did like that it wasn't him being poisoned the whole time you know zane wasn't setting things up it was it was Amaranta the whole time making him into an addict i thought that was kind of a neat touch but i mean look now that she's gone who knows what he's going to drug himself with to make himself feel better i don't know that guy's unpredictable again really yeah really enjoyed these chapters it's kind of strange it's one of those one of those sections that we've read that's it doesn't feel like there's a lot that's happened but there was a lot of information still to take in so we're definitely we're definitely setting up for some pretty big stuff to go down all i'm not shocked that she had her own little agenda in there i don't trust her i still think she's annoying and yeah, I still don't like her. The wedding oh, kind of made me cringe a little bit. Like, it's it's sweet, but at the same time, that's, yeah, that's a pretty intense situation to just get married under. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't really sit right with me, but I hope they're happy and they run off to the well and do what they need to do. Interesting to see what happens with them as well, given that Sazed has made up a whole bunch of information for them. How long is it going to take for them to figure that out? So.
0: Right. But yeah, you, mm. you guys were pretty confident that you're like, no, they're not going to leave. They're not going to be able to convince Ellen to leave. At least not yet. We're going to have some more stuff going yep. on. Right. So.
2: <laughs> maybe it. Maybe it won't be this book. Ah, oh, next chapter's great.
3: Literally okay. the next chapter.
1: That We've definitely read this my book head before. The
3: whole time. <laughs>
1: Yep. Yeah, well, so, it is yeah. called the Well of Ascension.
2: <laughs> it is.
1: I was like, but it's taken them so long to
3: leave. Surely they're not going to leave now. Oh, uh, OK, never mind.
2: Yeah, Bye.
3: <laughs> I should stop digging things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where you get to that section of every show and you're like, nope, I'm I'm not opening my mouth this <laughs> time. Oh, God, okay, nope, you're not I'm getting the out of me. You're just going to use it against me later, Sanderson. I know, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah these chapters were all right probably not my favorite chapters of the book so far but um i don't know just like just like all right cool this is happening now that's happening i just felt uh all right Uh, yeah it definitely did feel like a lot of setup just for stuff i'm like okay where are we going with this just because again we've sat through a lot of a book which has been a lot of build-up and i'm just like cool you can tell the sandalance is starting because I don't think we've had Oriane's perspective before, so uh, that that'll be the the next you know new perspective that he's throwing in as things start to get really sh- really heavy. But yeah, it was it was all right. I look forward to seeing where they're going from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, at the end of the chapter. It looks like uh, battle is going to start. So uh, definitely going somewhere interesting. It seems like. Okay, so let's get into these three chapters. The the first epigraph here is longer than the ones we've been getting lately, but it's all about, it's like, you know, Elendi, he's a good guy. He's a sacrificing guy. All these horrible things he's done, they're kind of like a sacrifice for him, I guess, to, like, accomplish the greater good. So he's, he's still
3: pumping up Elendi yep. game. It's like, yeah, this guy's a, this guy was the worst, but I love
0: him. <laughs> I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, we're still, we're like back to the Elendi bromance with Quan. <laughs>
3: It's almost like he's trying to convince himself at this point. It's like, no,
0: he is a good guy. Just this went wrong, whatever it was that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still don't really know. Except that yeah. he thinks he's not really the hero. That's all we kind of know. Yeah. And we get into the chapter and Ellen is up late trying to figure out how to write a letter to Jastis to convince him to see reason. While at the same time thinking of, of another possible plan where he's like, We could just make enough of these wood coins to pay the colossus ourselves, which would be pretty funny, actually.
2: I mean, points for thinking, you know, (laughs) maybe it could work. If if you were faced down with this blue skin tearing giant army, I'd be willing to try carving some coins if that's what it was (laughs) going to take.
0: I I wonder how you do it. Like, you've got all these coins. You just walk up to camp and be like, hey, I have more money than him. Come work for me, humans. (laughs) Quote, unquote.
2: Look, I don't think it would work, but I'd be willing to try it.
3: <laughs> See this? We've buried more of it at the Northern Dominance. Go there and <laughs> dig it
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what humans do, don't you know?
3: Because, I mean, if you just give them the money, they're just like, cool, now we got it. We can do whatever the hell we want, so. Well,
0: no, you got to convince them. That's not what humans do. Humans work to accept the money. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Jasties is somehow convincing them to work for the money, so who knows? I mean, I mean
2: humans take bribes.
0: Uh uh-huh, Yeah, it's just, like, don't you know, don't you know yeah. that humans take bribes?
2: Just not all humans take bribes.
0: I mean, you gotta wonder, he's got all, he's got 20,000 coloss, and he's apparently paying them regularly, I guess, or maybe he paid them one time, I don't know, but if he's paying them regularly, he's gotta be carting around a bunch of money, fake money, whatever, to fill up their little bags every week or whenever, however often you pay a coloss.
2: Well, maybe they get a coin a month or something, it's like salaried, and <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, no, this is worth, this is worth a lot of money. They
0: don't know what minimum wage is. (laughs) (laughs) They're practically slaves. Those were the Grunkalunkas. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) But uh, even then, like, to have them for a month, you need 20,000 coins. That's a lot of coins. True. Maybe Maybe he's just... in advance? Yeah. Or maybe he's got, like, one guy on his staff who's just, like, sitting out back all day, every day, carving coins. Oh, his poor wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Vin comes crashing into Ellen's room, all bloody, and he's like, what happened? And she says, I killed him. And he says, who? And she says, your brother. Zane Straff's Mistborn. I killed him. He's like, wait, there what? There's a lot <laughs> to <pack> in that. <laughs> a,
1: yeah, a lot, of, a lot of information right there.
0: But he really doesn't dwell on it. Like, he says once, he's like, wait, what, my brother? And then, like, does not mention it again. Like, I had a brother, and then he died. Oh, well.
1: Well, you know, he gets married right after this, so maybe that took up a lot of his. It's true, yeah. Brain space. That is a weird. Dowry. I killed your brother. Marry me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've already proved that I can kill you if you don't, so maybe you should get on board with this idea. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm gonna get sazed. and she's like, No, no, don't leave me. So they both go to see sazed. and Ellen is gonna knock, and Vin's like, Nah, just open. It's it's, it's sazed. He'll he'll get used to it. And uh, Sazed wakes up, walks in, sees her all bloody. He's like, "Okay," and goes back to get his medical equipment and then teases her. It's like, what would Master Kelsier say? You ruin more clothing in this manner, I think. But he does his exam. He's like, she's going to be okay. It's a deep cut, but didn't hit anything important. And she gives Ellen this speech about I I realized something about Kelsier. What made him great was that uh, how he made other people better. And you do that way better than him, Ellen. You're, you do it instinctively. So I guess it's kind of her finally deciding that Ellen is superior to Kelsier. I don't know. I thought we'd already established that she liked Ellen better than Kelsier, but maybe yeah. do out.
2: There is a lot going on for her at the moment. Like, she's she's been umming and ahhing between these two guys. She's killed one of them as a result <laughs> of him basically trying to kill her and found out that her loyal companion was a spy and bleeding all over the shop. To then come back and be like, oh, this is why you're so wonderful. Like, she's got to be, there's got to be so much adrenaline and just so much emotion and thought pumping through her. Really, really making the decision to get married right now is probably not her best call.
0: (laughs) But She's decided what she wants.
2: Nah.
3: Pretty definitively, she killed the other one. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, no take backsies, but no take back. <laughs> like,
3: like could you imagine if halfway through the second Twilight book she just fucking killed the werewolf that series would be very different
0: I'll, I'll trust you i still haven't read it so I believe it I haven't seen the movies either so
2: well spoiler
0: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't kill the werewolf yeah. in the second one she got doesn't it. kill him yep <laughs> <laughs> that's she waits till the fourth one to kill him you got it no problem I've watched the Everything Wrong with, so I basically know the story of these movies. But <laughs> okay, um, yeah, and just as he as he's sewing her up, and she's talking about how Ellen is cool and everything, she's like, say hey, says you only know wedding ceremonies," and says like, "Well, yeah, about two hundred actually." <laughs> it's, this is, a, he's not even he, it, it's not even like he paused or was surprised. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, I know a bunch. There's you know, this is just con- conversational, right? And she says, "Which one is the shortest?"
3: She seems like she needs to know. So he's just like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, indulge
0: you. And then says rightly brings up the same thing that <laughs> that Jamie is saying. It's like, you're maybe not in the best state to make this sort of decision right now. Uh, you should make this lightly under the influence of strong emotions. And she's like, so the decision to get married shouldn't be because of strong emotions. Oh, she <laughs> just like out. I, 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 I. Uh laughed out loud at that <laughs> I was like, oh, that, yeah. that was just brilliant. Loved I thought it. that was a bit funny. Uh, she just, like, outward-played, sazed. It's pretty impressive, actually. And Ellen's been wanting to marry her for, like, a year at this point. So even though he's also kind of like, is this really a good idea? When she pushes, he's like, all right, I've been ready for a year, so let's go ahead and do this thing.
3: It's like, earlier this evening, we didn't really know how each other felt about each other's feelings and stuff like that.
0: Let's get married! <laughs> yeah...
2: What's that well,
0: song? What? It's a
2: beautiful night, looking for oh. something dumb to oh, do. Oh yeah.
3: Fucking <laughs> <laughs> burn our Mars. Yeah. But
0: I, I think she has at least one good point where she's like, look, the world is going to hell. We're all probably gonna die like tomorrow, so let's just take what we can while we have time. So that in, the, in that at least I'm like, okay, that's kind of fair. Yeah. And Ellen's like, yep, okay, let's do this. I want to be with Vin, whatever happens. And says is like, okay, then you guys are married now. Which I'm just like, okay, I know you said this was
3: the shortest ceremony, but <laughs> like, that wasn't even a ceremony. It's just, a, you love each other? Yep, cool, you're married. <laughs>
2: well, what? I've witnessed it.
0: <laughs> also, he mentions that this is a no-take-backsies thing also, because there is no divorce <laughs> in this religion, so
3: do not seem like there's really any weddings in this religion either. It's just, uh, you love her? Cool. You're
0: up. Carry on. Uh, And I like in the annotations, Brandon's like, this is also kind of a strange scene when you think about it. Yeah, you don't say. Uh, I write myself into some interesting situations in this series. I don't know that I, before this moment, ever would have thought I would be writing a wedding involving a half-naked 18-year-old girl who is bleeding from three wounds, one of which is in her breast. So, yeah. No. Well, when you put it like that...
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, you you do what you got to do, man, you know? And he says, some people
0: complain that this is just too quick a marriage. One thing to remember is what Sazed explains, that for a thousand years, the only way to get married was to get the witness of an obligator. Even for a ska, an obligator was required to authorize a wedding. That's all it took. If an obligator said you were married, then you were. Sometimes, nobility or ska had their own ceremonies that went around a wedding, but they were more civil than religious. In fact, it's a tiny bit of a stretch to even have Ellen associate a wedding with religion in the scene. So he says, of all the people in the book, heck, in the entire world, Sazed is probably the closest thing to a real spiritual leader that a person could find. So Ellen and Vin were probably fortunate to have his blessing here. Makes sense. And he says a lot of people don't even bother with weddings at this point. Now that the Lord Ruler is gone, that sort of thing has lost its meaning, if it ever had any. So he has reasons behind why the wedding is so kind of sudden and short but it does seem like okay we're married now all right just makes me think of the scene from the simpsons like the wedding before homer
3: and marge's like but at, at that dinky little chapel yep it's just like a like do you take
0: this woman to be your lovely wedded wife yep done next <laughs> and then they walk up and he's like he didn't even know their names he stops he's like yeah has to point at them and get him yes. to say it good times what a wedding Yeah, Sazed didn't give these guys chips for the casino. Nope. Vin afterwards apologizes, and he's like, what, about killing my father's Mistborn? See, he's not even internalizing that this was his brother. We're just going to skip right over that. (laughs) That's probably fair at this point. Yeah. And she says, no, for taking so long. And he says, you're worth the wait. And it's like, aw. And here's where Sazed, uh, they realize they're still stuck in the same problem. You know, they're married now, but there's still armies outside ready to take their city, and bad stuff happening, and this is where Sazed throws out, it's like, oh, hey, maybe you should go to the Well of Ascension. We figured out where it was, by the way. And uh, we think that if you went to the Well of Ascension, you might be able to save everyone. Somehow. Uh, technobabble, blah, blah, blah. Lies. <laughs> and they come back to that lock and key metaphor that Joe hated. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a pretty terrible metaphor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's used here to justify going to the Well of Ascension. And Vin says she can hear it thumping in her head and says, like, stops for a second. He's like, uh, can you feel where? She's like, I don't know. There's not really a direction. That's what there was before. It wasn't a, uh, didn't at the start of the book, wasn't it drawing her to the mountains or something? She felt that way. I don't know that. I don't remember actually exactly what it said. We may have to go up and look that up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to search in my Kindle version to get that exact spot. Yeah, it's kind of vague. <laughs> but he's like, oh, well, we found it, and I can make you a map to how to get there. And so they decide that they're going to leave. Only after Sazed is like, look, Strath Venture's going to take the city. Like, you you know that Penrod is trying to get through the, uh, the, the assembly to let him come and take the city. He's going to come in. Elend, if you are here, he's going to execute you. So... We could just have a peaceful transition of power if you go with Vin, and then you guys can go and save the day, right? And uh, Ellen's like, mm, maybe. And then Say even throws in. Ellen's like, wait, could maybe we get the terrorists to help us? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe they'll totally send some some military help to help you liberate Luthadel. That could happen because that seems that seems likely. Who believes that the terrorists have an army at this point? Like seriously. Or if they did, they'd even do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, considering the ones that we've met, they don't seem army types. Although, presumably, the uh, the pharaoh chemists among them could put up a good fight.
3: Yeah, still hanging out for Tin Wheel's army of pharaoh chemist children to show up <laughs> at some point. Maybe
0: that's who they'll recruit when they get up north. <laughs> it's like you, you know need, my have mom. Heard from our
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have been more helpful if she had gone with them, but well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, apparently, like- I guess Saes didn't consult her in this. He's like, oh, you guys are going to take Tindwill.
2: She wasn't having bar of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't give up. Well, she did, but... Well, okay, th- yeah. The wrong sort. So they decide they're going to take Tindwill and spook with them, so they don't have too big a group to escape the city. And Say's is like, okay, you guys, you know, go to bed. Vin needs some rest if you're going to journey tomorrow, and I have to go and fake up these documents that I claimed.
3: Vin is going to take it super bad when it when she f- learns what's actually happened here. I mean, she takes betrayal badly at the best of times, but f- to, for it to come from Sazed? Yeah, she
0: never would have expected that. No. So, yeah, that ain't gonna go so well. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they might all be dead later, so she won't have anyone to be mad at.
3: Oh, no. No, no. He's gonna he's gonna survive long enough for her to be pissed at
0: him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the end of the chapter, with Sazed being like, okay, I better go fabricate that map. And the end of part four, actually, which uh, he has in the annotations that he named this section Knives, part four that we've just finished, because it involved people being used as tools and it focused on Vin and Zane and so on and so forth. He says, I toyed with the name Knives of Flesh, but that conjured too many silly images from my writing group. They still haven't let me hear the end of that one. Was it Knives and Flesh or Knives of Flesh? Of. Yep, I can see why. <laughs> So we have the epilogue or the epigraph rather here is he's accustomed to giving up his own will before the greater good as he sees it. So he does horrible things because it's for the greater good. Where have we heard that before? (laughs) We start with this tidwell being like, you are a fool, Ellen Venture. You know nothing, Jon Snow. (laughs) Basically, yeah. And she's like, you cannot leave. You're supposed to protect these people. And he's like, they're not my people anymore. I'm not even king. They want a regular king. Fine, let them have my dad. Maybe when we come back, they'll figure out that uh, it was better when I was here. Which, to be fair, yeah, they might. They're like, wow, Ellen was way better than Straff. Why, why'd why we why'd we throw him out again? Guys, we goofed. Maybe not the nobles. Well, actually, maybe the nobles, too. Straff is an asshole all around. I think, yeah, like, Penrod
3: is straight up just going, uh oh, man, I really don't want to have to do this. This guy, like, if
0: the one time we met, he was still just a total dick. <laughs> Yeah, if Straff didn't have that army out there, he would um, you'd definitely go with Ellen over Straff. If only because he clearly has more power, uh, in Ellen's government than he would under Straff. So even if it's purely selfish reasons, it's totally. And Tidwell is like going, off... she she goes off on Ellen for a while, and eventually she gets around to Vin. She's like, do you know why she wants to go north? Right, because she thinks she's this freaking prophesied hero of ages or some. Ridiculous religion BS like that, and I know Ellen that you are too smart to believe in something like that stupid. And Ellen is like, hey, don't talk about my wife like that. Which yeah, that's that's probably fair. Yep. <laughs>
2: even even for Tindwell, that was that was a harsh comment, especially all the time that she and Sazed have been researching this and mm-hmm. finding things. It's like, yeah, okay, settle down, lady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Ellen is just like, I trust her. I married her. I believe in her. I, if this is if something is important to her, then it's important to me because of that. And Tim like, you don't believe in the supernatural. You're too smart. You don't believe that she's some sort of messiah. And he's like, hey, we're, we're going north because that's what she feels we, that we have to do. And I'm supporting my wife. And again, well, Ellen is just a good dude, right? He's constantly you're like, man, see this guy. We like this guy. This whole book.
1: Yep. My last good book dude. as
0: much. <laughs> he, 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 go, he goes to the Arctic for his wife and he kills trolls for his people. Good guy. <laughs> and she ends it with, she's like, fine. Then you're going to be remembered as the coward who abandoned his people. And he goes, leave us. It's nice. And then she's like, all oh, right, this book thing. Here, Saves wants you to give this to the Keeper, Synod." Bye. So she's not coming. And uh, that's what Vinvin's like, oh, so I guess she's not coming, huh?
1: No, because they get a much better traveling companion for
0: yeah. two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Boot comes out, and uh, they're like, I guess it's just the three of us. And Vin's got a big bag of pewter dust. And then just as they're about to leave, I'm not ready at all. And it's all in and she's got so much stuff packed that she's like, I think I'm going to need a pack horse to get all this stuff out of here. First first thoughts, once again, it's like, oh yeah, you are a character in this book. Second thought, who the hell invited you? <laughs> so true. I guess Breeze did, kind yeah. technically, but... <laughs> I I thought the same thing when I was reading this. I remembered your comment last time. I'm like, it does really seem like she just pops out and you're like, Oh, right. You were here.
2: What exactly is your part in this story? (laughs) You're just annoying so far.
0: She accomplishes something pretty significant when we get to her section.
2: she does now. Yeah. We've had a lot of the book where she has not. It's
0: true. Uh, To be fair, she didn't even come into it until like halfway through the book. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. But she kind of just,
3: she showed up. She made breeze uncomfortable. Uh, (laughs) She went shopping with Vin that one time, and now thinks they're besties for some reason. Yep.
2: <laughs> uh, not besties, they're practically sisters.
0: They're practically. Oh my sisters. shit. <laughs> Vin's like, we don't trust you. We don't want you along. We don't like you. And Allieann's like, and I was you's? just
2: like, that's brilliant, Vin. Yes.
0: <laughs> Ellen thinks, dear blunt Vin, and she's like, Allieann's like, silly Vin. How can you say that after all that we've shared? We went shopping together one time. And I feel like we bonded. We're practically sisters. And, uh, and you're definitely the older, boring sister. <laughs>
2: like,
0: <laughs> which I guess was a puncher.
2: <laughs> 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 like,
3: I, I was, expe- I was expect- expecting vintage to just break something out after the... We went shopping one time, but we bonded so much, you stole my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: so, just some ridiculously small thing. It's like, of course this bitch did that. And then I like when she's when they're going to leave, she's like, well, you could leave me behind if you want, but I'll just get follow you and get into trouble and then you'll come and save me and don't even try. to oh. like she
1: She's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so they let her go
1: because, yeah, I'm going to put yeah. it out there. She's worse than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, I can now speak from experience.
0: Wow. Uh, Ariane and Spook both worse. than COVID. Wow. That's. That, that, i didn't that, that, say that, that spook statement. i said her I, I knew that you were thinking spook not even denying it see although sp- spook is in this section and he really doesn't even say anything he never gets to talk
3: well in fact when yeah. all the ends rounds can't really get a edge edgewise anyway
0: oh <laughs>
1: yeah uh honestly i i i feel like we're supposed to start feeling sorry for spook but it just makes him more annoying to me because <laughs> he's first of all First off, he couldn't, t- he wouldn't talk normal. And now that he's finally talking normal, all he does is complain about how nobody cares about him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, no, you're not wrong. It's like my one thing was the weird, was being the weird talking guy. And now that that's gone, I've got nothing.
0: Well, you just didn't know that he was always complaining about that before, too. And you just couldn't understand it. That's what all his lines were. So they start to leave and the people see them leaving. And they're like, oh, no, the king and the lady era are abandoning it, abandoning us. And Vin does, goes, like, uh, full Douglas MacArthur and is like, no, we are not abandoning you. We're going for help. We will return. And everyone's like, yay. And there was much rejoicing. Yay. <laughs> and they get out of the city, and there's people shooting arrows at them from Straff's army. And Vin is like, no, you guys go ahead. I got this. And she does some badass alamancy where she takes the pewter dust and throws it, like, pushes against it in the air to like raise up a cloud of dust from the ground and like consume the people following them and shooting arrows at them with this cloud of dust. This is probably the
3: coolest bit in these chapters. I'm just like, Oh, that's new. That's very creative. I like that.
0: She's always coming up with creative uses of allomancy. I feel like more than anyone else we've seen. Yeah. Oh, also ash. It's dust and dirt and ash because of the whole ground is always covered in ash. I, I tend to forget that sometimes. And then once they're out of danger, Arianne's like, well, thanks for helping me out. Uh, I'm leaving. And Ellen's I was like, like, you
2: what? What <laughs> are you doing? You, you just needed an escort out of... You could have said that. You could have said, I'm leaving. I'm not coming with you the whole way. I just want to come with you as we leave.
0: Ugh. Vin might have been happy to do that, actually, to get rid of Arianne. If she'd known going in, that's a really good point. You could have just said that. <laughs> but... Uh, and Elm's immediately like, wait, what? And Vin's like, no, who cares? She's she's leaving. It's better. It's like, we solved a problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, dude, don't don't ask. Let's just move on.
0: <laughs> don't you question talk. the good luck. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> right. If I had to guess, I'd say
3: she probably didn't say that inside, just in case Breeze or someone who was going to talk to him overheard and went yeah. and told him that, oh, she's actually not going with them. She's going to fuck off and do her own thing. Because... Yeah. That's probably gonna to lead to conversations with King
0: Penrod sub King Penrod. That's a good point. She might just not, will not have wanted it to get back to Breeze. Yeah. And I like I like that we cut from Ellen thinking, well that solves one problem, to Breeze saying, Well, that solves one problem. <laughs> wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like Breeze was worried about and safety, so he let her he, he convinced them to let her go. And then he's like, Wait a second, wasn't Tindwell supposed to be there? And says so like, Yeah, I don't know, she decided to stay. <laughs> He, he tells he says Lord tells Lord Breeze, she is a difficult woman to read. And Clubs is just like, they all are. <laughs> and it's like, ah, dear, dear, blunt, Vin. And then there's Clubs. <laughs> and then there's Clubs, who just always says what he thinks also. Uh, uh, even to right now, when Damus was like, may the survivor protect them. And says is like, yeah. And Clubs is like, hey, stop that. Don't encourage him. <laughs> and he gets in kind of an argument with says about religion. And he's like, no, people are stupid for believing in the Survivor. We knew him. He is not, like, a savior. He is not going to help them. He is dead. He's not a savior. He was a fucking dick. (laughs) He kind of was sometimes.
3: Yeah. Although, honestly, I feel like Clubs thinks everyone is a dick
1: to some degree. Yeah. (laughs) I see that. Yeah. Clubs is like, and even if he did save them, he'd probably show up ten minutes late because he was always late. (laughs) 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 It's
3: true. He's just like... He's got the classic Bender things like ah, everyone's a jerk.
1: Kelsier, me, this jerk. (laughs) Yeah, I gave blood. Who's blood? Some guys. Some guys. (laughs)
0: Uh, Oh, there's an interesting note in the uh, annotations that the guy, uh, a guy named Isaac, who drew the map for Mistborn, is the one who named the gates of the city. Uh, noticed, or he he said that it would be cool if there were eight, if the if the eight gates were named after the eight basic metals. And Brandon says it made so much sense that I'm surprised I didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> Ugh, now I've got to rewrite
3: everything. <laughs> stupid, stupid, helpful artist.
0: And he's gone on to do a whole bunch of art for uh, Brandon. And he's a pretty good artist. I have a couple of his prints actually.
3: So the question I would have then is before the map guy decided to do that. Was it, was it less than eight gates, or was it not eight gates beforehand? And then he said, hey, I'm going to name these gates after the after the, um, the medals. And Bran's like, that's a great idea. Shit, I've only got like six here. I need to add two more.
0: The way he says it was that he says Isaac was the one who realized when doing the map that it would be cool if the eight gates were named after the eight basic medals. So in my mind, that sounds like there were already eight gates. And he's like, oh, hey, these would be good things to name them. Okay. But who knows? Maybe he, I mean, before somebody else made the map, maybe Brandon never even thought about, like, an exact number of gates. He was like, I need enough gates for, like, my team to go split up and try to guard during the battle or something. I don't know. That's an interesting question. And if there were eight already, they must have named them something. So I'm curious about what their name was before. Yeah. What were they originally? Mm. He he also... Chicken
2: and the egg situation. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He also he says you can also note here that ham is back to calling Ellen L against Ellen's request earlier in the book ham started that a while ago actually he's not the best at following orders I'm shocked <laughs> shocked shocked well not that shocked yeah but yeah I mean it's kind of I don't think we've ever seen clubs get this intense with someone where he's going off on says a little bit and uh, it it's at some point he's like no I mean he says to just explained that his belief is situational him even lord ruler was a deity because people worshipped him right and say so like yeah kind of he's like at least that fool demu has the sense to choose one thing to believe in
3: i guess it makes sense i mean you, you get the feeling that clubs has had like a really really shit life i mean all the scar have but yeah he's like he's just been through it so much And he's like i like these things that people believe in to give them hope never actually help them so why do you care yeah. And I think that's that's just really colored his perception. And then along comes Sazed, who his entire thing is telling is giving people stuff to believe in that isn't tangible. So it's probably yeah I can I understand that it w- that would make clubs feel
0: it just rubs him the wrong way. Yeah, it's a thing. I yeah, I can see why he's clubs of all the people in the crew in particular would be the one to be like take issue with this. Yeah, and then eventually clubs you know stomps off to take care of the army or whatever. And leaves Ham and Breeze and Says to discuss. It's like maybe Kelsey really is out there, something watching over us. And we take a little side note at the end of the ch- or at the end of the section rather, where Ham's like, I still want to know where all that smoke is coming from. And there's a big fire in the Coloss camp that seems too big to be cooking fires. And Breeze is like, maybe it's the tents. And Ham's like, no, Ellen said there's only a couple of those, not enough to make that much smoke. It probably was, was like. like- eh all the
3: cooking fires, but the Coloss have not quite mastered the human art of pot roast.
0: <laughs> they're, they're trying to make a, a casserole and it didn't work out.
1: <laughs> they're singing weed and start the fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesse's just like, where did they learn that song? Uh. Breeze shakes. It, the, the section ends with Breeze shook his head and thinks it doesn't really matter now, I guess, which come on, that just screams. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> is definitely going to matter. Uh, so, I don't know, what do you guys think? What could be burning so big in the Koloss camp?
1: The bodies of all the leftover humans. They've killed Jastis and all his men. Ooh.
2: That was kind of my thought as well.
1: Yeah, it could be. That would be very relevant
0: to uh, the situation. It ma- it would matter. Mm. <laughs> they,
3: they found out Ellen had more money, so they'd burn Jastis alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They've already heard about the money.
3: Who knew? <laughs> You no, know, I'm I'm still lost. I think that I think that's a great idea the others have had. <laughs> but I I was I was just like, I've got no freaking clue
0: about this. OK, fair enough. And we cut to Straff Venture, who is not in a good place. He's feeling a little sick. Yay. And he thinks he eventually comes to the conclusion, I think, here that uh, that Zane poisoned him after all and he's been lying or something. He's like, oh, but somebody comes to let him know that writers have escaped from the city. And he doesn't have time to get into it very much before he, like, falls over from whatever it is. And he's like, oh, Zane said a man shouldn't kill his father. What a liar. Send for Amaranta. And every time he asks that, the soldier's like, but why would you want one of your mistresses? He's like, just do it. Every time we've seen him ask for her, they're like, are you sure? (laughs) Sir, is this really the time for getting freaky? (laughs) It doesn't seem to me like Straff would be the kind of guy who tolerates people questioning his orders, but maybe that's
1: (laughs) me. That's my secret. I'm always getting freaky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so she goes, uh, she gets there, goes to mix him up his antidote. And he's messed up, but not so messed up that he doesn't notice that she's doing it differently than she usually does. And so he calls her out and she's like, oh, well, I was going to add this other thing because you look tired and would help you stay awake. And he thinks, well, that would totally make sense if she didn't seem so super nervous about what she's doing. And then he spots something, a a slight glimpse of a bit of uncovered flesh beneath her bodice. We're getting into, like, the terminology is feeling like those romance novels uh, (laughs) that women are always reading in movies that are, like, super cheesy.
3: Mills Mills and Boone, is that the one?
0: I don't It's (laughs) For some reason, my mind... Immediately, whenever somebody says, like, a romance novel, my mind immediately goes to the the movie Romancing the Stone and the ridiculous novels that she writes in that movie. (laughs) Good movie, though. Anyway, sorry. There's a random sidebar. He realizes, because of some old cuts that she has, that she has been with Zane. I guess Zane just likes—we know he cut on his own arms. I didn't know he went around cutting on other people, but whatever.
3: Yeah, that's messed up. Also, not okay. I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the fact that, um, like, you know, he—they mentioned the breast was scarred and cut. And I'm like, that's where he got vit. Was that intentional yep. when
1: he did that oh, to? Oh, maybe. Yep. I, I was wondering of the that. same thing. I was, was like, is that his foreplay? He was—he was stabbing her in the breast before he was gonna like rape her or something. Like, it's that's yeah, that's up. what
3: I thought too. And I'm like, ugh, this is, this is retroactively made that scene even cringy,
0: even creepier. Yep, it. Sh- I'd never thought of that before. You have just like creep up, creeped up that whole chapter for me. Okay, God. Even when Zaid is dead, he just keeps getting worse. Oh, uh, and sh- he's like, "You're his lover." And she's like, "You abandoned me. Everyone told me you would, but I hoped."
1: I, li- I like how even Straff knows that what that, what that means. Like yeah. the, the the sliced up, scarred up breast. He's like, "Oh, you guys were lovers? No way." <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. <yeah. laughs> I mean, maybe he's gotten Zane girls before. That's what he did for Ellen, so uh, he may know how this goes. And Straff's like, you let him poison me. And she's like, no, you're stupid. He never poisoned you. Not one time. That was always me giving you stuff. And he's like, but it made me feel better. Yeah, that's what happens when you're addicted to a drug, drug. Straff. When you get it, you feel better. When you don't, you die. (laughs) She has her triumphant moment. She's like, ha, now you're mine, and I can make you And then he goes nuts and chokes her to death. Yes, taunt the drug addict after telling him
3: he's a drug addict.
2: I guess in her mind, she's looking at it like, well, you need me now. I've created a need because I'm fueling your addiction, where that obviously didn't work. Um, (laughs) He's gone and killed her anyway, so (laughs) Uh, good try, Amaranta.
0: Not only kills her, but he kind of, like, loses... Track of time for a minute and realizes that he's been choking her probably for a while after she was already dead. Yeah, yep. and so he goes and starts grabbing all the stuff from the drawers and like throwing it into a thing, and then drinks it down and falls unconscious. So did you guys think that he was dead here?
2: Look, I was hoping he was dead, but I didn't think
1: yeah, he would be. Yeah, hoped. Yeah, especially since he 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 doesn't know what he's doing, so he's just oh. throwing herbs into a vial like that doesn't make sense. But then I thought <clears throat> maybe it doesn't matter because like people can survive withdrawals and if he was asleep for 3 days, maybe that's what that was. He was going he he was basically surviving his withdrawal symptoms and now he's not addicted to the drug anymore. Mm.
2: But he drank all this stuff before like some of yeah. which would poison yeah. him more.
1: Like right, some of it would that's why I was hoping in he was
2: dead. Of, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I was like, well, he's just grabbing stuff and throwing it in, so what is, you know.
0: And actually, now that you say that, there's an interesting, in the annotations, he talks a, a lot about this, there's like several paragraphs that I'll just hit on a little bit, but he says that he gave this section, this conflict to Strath, because he felt like giving a character a conflict that's not related to like the main characters makes them feel more real and like like full people instead of plot devices.
3: Yeah, their life doesn't revolve around the
0: main characters. Yeah. And he says when his publisher wanted to, was pushing for him to cut the book, and you guys maybe remember we talked about early on, where they're like, yeah, your book is so big, we can't publish it. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's like, this was one of the scenes that they are like, you should cut that out. And he's like, no, I'm not going to, because I like how much depth it gives the story, and also I think it really works well. But the part that's relevant to what Joe was saying is he says, the mistress lies here, by the way. Going cold turkey on the drug probably would not have killed Straff. Might have? Probably not. Still, being under her power probably would not have been very fun for him. He didn't kill her intentionally. He was just losing control. And this is one of those little twists that I hope feels realistic under the circumstances, but also unexpected.
3: Also, just a nice little parallel to to, to Zane. Oh, the girl, the girl um, didn't do what you want? Better kill her, because that's just how those guys go.
0: Apparently, yeah, maybe it's a family trait. We'll see what happens when Ellen's uh, defied.
3: I... I <laughs> I feel like Ellen's probably not going to go that way because he's not like these two. And thank God for that. Right. It's like he is 100% supportive
0: of his wife. He is. What a good, good guy, Ellen. We love that. Yeah. We it. But that's the end of this chapter is Straff drinking the concoction and falling unconscious. And here we get the epigraph says, I have no doubt that if Alendi reaches the wall of ascension, he will take the power and then in the name of the presumed greater good, give it up. So that's a bomb. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, that's...
3: All along, which are like, that's the point. That's what you're meant to do. So, what the hell have you found out? Why have you wasted so much time banging on about how much of a good doodle Lendy is to just withhold the, by the way, the prophecy's wrong?
0: Well, and, and that's the interesting thing, because we have previously... And I'm going to have to try to find it. Hold on.
3: Um... Uh, we've mentioned points before where Quan has said uh you know what we believe was incorrect and stuff like that right but um yeah it just seems like uh i feel like you probably should have brought that up earlier dude
0: but in uh, in some of the chapters we've read like there's a section where uh i'm, I'm where Sazed and uh tin will are kind of talking back research, and forth yeah yeah and one of the things that Quan says is Alendi must not reach the well of ascension he must not take the power for himself so it's not just like the the prophecy says this. This is Quan in the section saying, I'm worried he's going to take the power for himself and we can't let that happen. And that's what Tindwill and that's when Tindwell points out. She, she's like, Quan sends Rashek because she's, he's worried Alendi's going to take the power for himself. But why was he scared of that? Because he goes on and on about what a great guy Alendi is. And here that he was,
3: says, oh, he's not going to take the power for himself.
0: Yeah, here, here he says that he has no doubt that Alendi will take the power up and then give it up for the greater good. So.
3: Hmm.
0: Interesting. So which I one are you supposed to do? Deceit. I don't
3: know. Is Quan trying to say that like the way to save the world is for no one to go near the power? Hmm. Maybe. I mean, it was like, is, 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 is like, I don't know. Was the hero of ages, the second coming of the hero already? The first, the first hero way back when is the one who unleashed the deepness by taking the power and doing something. So then they have all these prophecies that you need to go and get the power, defeat the Deepness with it, and then give it up. But that's apparently just going to make things worse or something. I don't know.
0: This is baffling. It is confusing. And and it all. we also go back to what Elendi says in the logbook, where he's like, you know, because if what you're saying is, you know, Quan wants nobody to go there, Elendi's like, the Deepness is destroying everything. Even if I'm not like the quote unquote hero, aren't I better than nobody getting this power and allowing the Deepness to destroy everything? Yeah. Yeah. So hmm, what what um, could it all mean? OK, we cut to uh, Aurean, who is because being of course we do, <laughs> who is being escorted back to uh, her father's camp by a group of bandits that she has run across. Hobart had fewer teeth than he had fingers, and he was missing a couple of those.
3: This is hands down one of the best descriptions of like <laughs> physical characteristics in this series so far.
0: So she she had gone out looking for her father's army, and had kind of gotten lost until she found these guys who tried to rob her, and who she convinced using her uh, rioting that uh, it would be a better idea to help her. There were there was a certain charm to simple men like Hobart's crew. They really only wanted three things: money, food, and sex, and they could usually use the first to get the other two. Which yeah okay that makes sense.
3: Yeah, that's that's how economics works. (laughs)
0: but she has to constantly keep rioting certain feelings in them so that they don't reach any disappointing conclusions, such as ransoms are usually bigger than rewards. And then she thinks how they're kind of boring because there's no challenge to them at all. Not like with breeze and how rewarding that was.
1: So that's just her thing. It's like, she wants people to love her even if she's manipulating them. So it's like a game for her. It's like, I'm gonna manipulate you until I get I get everything I want and then I'm good I'm done.
0: I don't know I mean it does kind of sound that way I'm not gonna disagree with you uh, fully. I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry are you like describing
3: Orrian or Zane?
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well, he's a user. You know, I don't stab boobs so that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean she
0: she oh, thinks we we'll have to get that out of shit. Oh no God no <laughs> please she she thinks. Like, oh man, Breeze, you're so great. Do any of your friends even realize how noble you are? And we find out here in a bit that she's doing this because she wants an opportunity to possibly help Breeze. So she seems to care about him, in addition to the fact that he was such an amazing challenge.
3: So, I got sort of a question here when they get to the
0: camp. So she comes up
3: and like she's and she riots the guards, but she riots their calmness. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, just, I'm I'm trying, like, a lot of the, you know, you get differences between, you know, pushing and pulling with the metals, for instance, is very distinct, between bronze and copper, very distinct, but I feel like with, like, with this description, rioting and soothing, it's really just, like, going for the same effect from the other direction, because it sounds as though when you soothe someone, you soothe away all their emotions so that only one is left. And when you write someone, you're writing one specific emotion so that it's like stronger than all the rest. So I don't know. It just strikes me as weird that like you go, like,
0: even though they're the opposites, you're going for the same result there. Is like, Have I got that right? Yeah, actually. And I don't remember if it's in one of the books or some other thing that I've read, but it's interesting because writing and soothing are like the one pair that works like that is what this thing I was reading was saying. It's like, you're using different powers, but to you, you can use either one to get the same effect if you know what you're doing with it. Which I mean, yeah, you can't you can't do that by pushing and pulling on metal necessarily. Uh, you can't get the same effect either no. way.
1: <laughs> no. Well, I guess because emotions make you feel a certain way, whether whether it's being improved or taken away, like yeah. increased or decreased.
0: Yeah, I mean, whether yeah. one emotion is being increased or the other, like if there's two emotions. If you're increasing one, it takes more precedence. If you're decreasing the other, that one still takes more precedence. So, yeah.
3: I, I guess it just sort of threw me because, uh, she, like, specifically she's writing calmness. And it's like, like oh, rioting means, like, you're firing up an emotion. And calmness is, like, very much an emotion that is not fired up at all. So, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, that
0: just really struck me a bit there. Well, and it's kind of funny because in the last set of chapters, Breeze does... This, well i i want to say the same thing but the opposite where on those guards that were outside the room where saved was in allran could have just rioted their like paranoia to make them more paranoid whereas breeze soothes everything but their paranoia to make them more paranoid so they open the door yeah so which probably is also not how you would think of it by default it's like oh soothing like dampens emotions but he makes them more paranoid by soothing things it's
3: yeah yeah it's just Like, a weird parallel, which I guess, like, we had a lot of discussions about soothing in the first book, so I guess
0: probably should have put it together then, but... I don't know if we ever met a rioter in the first book, except for, obviously, the Mistborn can do it, but they didn't spend much time on that sort of thing either. Yeah, true. But yes, she, you're right, she riots the the emotions of the guards so that they will not attack uh, Hobart and his people. And she's like, yeah, no, Captain, take them, give them a place to stay, and I'm gonna get them a reward for... Saving, and Set's reaction is, "Well, damn it, you are back." <laughs> uh-huh. He's 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 as blunt as Vin, so it kind of it kind of works the same way. Yep. And she's like, "Did you miss me?" He's like, "I should have left you at home." And we find out uh, she's like, you, "So that I could have fallen to your enemies." We both know that Lord Yeoman was going to move the moment you pulled your armies out of the dominance. So, uh and he says, "I should have let that damn Obligator have you." So there's an obligator taking over uh, Seth's dominance. Ah, uh,
3: the bureaucrats are rising up. Hermes Conrad would be so, so proud. <laughs>
0: uh, and Seth's like, I didn't bring, you didn't bring that idiot Breeze back with you, did you? And I like, she she retorts that he, Breeze is a good man, and Seth's like, yeah, good men die quickly in this world. I should know I've killed a lot of them. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, you're so smart. And being a aggr- taking an aggressive stance against Luthadel, that worked really well, right? You'd be dead now if dear Vin had as little conscience as you. And she's like, see, you should have listened to me. And I was right. You should have made an alliance with the Venture Boy instead of threatening him. That means you owe me five new dresses. <clears throat> oh, this girl.
2: I uh, see. she she sort of had me there. I was like, I like your sass. <laughs> and I like where you're going with this. And then your price was dresses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: But fashion is no game, Jamie. It is, it, she's very clear on this. No. <gasps> Oh my gosh, Arianne. Yeah, just when you think you're going to like her, not uh, not yeah. so much. And she says that bandits brought her home, and he's like, more bandits? Do you know how long it took us to get rid of the last ones? Which, I have a lot of questions about that. <laughs> how did she do this? Oh my gosh, it's great. I like She's just always bringing these stray bandit puppies home with her whenever she leaves for five minutes. But the last group had leprosy. But she points out that, hey... There's maybe some benefit to having these guys, and he's like, okay, fine. Well, let's go. Let's go back home. And she convinces Set that despite the fact that there's no adium there, she's like, look, there's a reason we came here in the first place. We can't leave unless we have money or allies. And he says, there's no money, and she's like, yeah, I agree. I searched the palace and never found any adium So that's part of what she was doing there. But she's like, we can't leave unless we have money or allies. We're not going to get money. So we need allies, which means we have to go back and make allies somehow. And her conclusion is: we go, we wait till the fight starts, then we help whoever looks like they're winning, and maybe they'll be friends with us. That's a bold plan.
3: They're like that guy that sh- that sh- um, doesn't help out at all in the group project, but shows up on the like the grading day to like to share <laughs> in the mark.
0: Yeah, that's a really good uh, simile there. I like that.
1: Yeah, that was that was a real fun thing that happened uh in school. I once had a guy do that. So we had written out everything for him to say and um there was one part where it was like, you know, it was like you would speak it, not just read it. And so we wrote it's, it's like you know, you ask the audience a question and then you say, "Um, no." That's actually not true. And then, you, you know, you know, you use that to kind of transition and make your point. Instead of reading um, he went U-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> yep. That's something. It was certainly something. I, I,
0: I had lots of projects in college where I did the majority of the work, but I don't remember it ever going that badly. We had one where- grads a grad class it was like a joint psychology which was my major and marriage and family therapy class and so we had four person groups that we had to be in and this professor was a psychology professor and we had to do this uh it was we had to do a team building thing and we had to have we had to like put a group through like team building stuff and then we had to have statistical data showing how they had changed their like teamwork had changed from before the course that we put them through. And then after the problem was that none of the marriage and family therapy students had ever taken a single statistics course, only the psychology students had taken statistics courses. And so I ended up in a group with three marriage and family therapy people. And I was the only psychology person. And the statistics was like 50% of the project for 50% of the grade of the project. And so all of that was my responsibility. Plus two of them were international students who not not lazy or anything really great nice people and wanted to help but not super great at speaking publicly in English since it wasn't their first no. language okay so i did had to do all the psychology stuff and also like half of the actual mm. presentation on top of the psychology part of the presentation because they weren't real good at the speaking part so <laughs> that was a fun thing wow and then i overslept that day that we were supposed to do our project because I had, uh, my alarm was my cell phone and my mom decided to buy me a new cell phone. I did not live with her at this time, but she bought it for me as a present because she was paying for my cell phone account. Got it activated as my new cell phone, which deactivated my old one while I was sleeping and caused it to not go off alarm anymore. Uh. Whoa. So I woke up way late and town and my professor's like he liked me but he's like please tell me you have some reason other than like you overslept why you were not here because like this this presentation is like your entire grade and you've let down your whole team by not being here and having to go late and get this big demerit on it and I'm like well I did over I mean I have a good reason why I overslept but oversleeping is what happened and he was not pleased yeah. so yeah random fun story. <laughs> That's just unfortunate. Yeah. And then I got a ticket because I was in such a rush, I parked in a place you were not supposed to park, and so after the presentation oh, no. I got a ticket. <laughs> just wasn't a great day. No, yeah, not so much. Anyway, so back to Aurian, she convinces her dad to go back and when we get into her brain, like cuz he tells her it's like, well, if we go back and help whoever's winning, It's not going to be to help your friend Breeze because they're not going to be winning ever. And she she thinks like, well, you can't help him if you're not there. If you go back, maybe there's at least a tiny chance that you'll end up helping him. I'm sorry, Breeze. That's the best I can do. So that's kind of sweet, actually, in uh, Arianne's way. (laughs) Mm. And then we cut to Ellen, who, uh, you know, has been uh, they've been on the road for three days. They're not pushing themselves, you know, they're not in a hurry to get anywhere. And he and Vin are married now, so, you know, the stuff that goes along with that. They're
3: just going on their honeymoon.
0: With Spook. <laughs>
3: he's the bus boy. Bellhop? Yeah. I don't know, what's the term? The pack mule.
1: <laughs> That's
0: the term.
3: <laughs> he's that he's Uber driver.
1: I mean, he is carrying, he is pulling the pack horses. <laughs> yeah.
0: The one thing that always strikes me, and it's not mentioned at all, but it's like we do know that, uh, obviously, Vin and Ellen are now sleeping together if they weren't before. I don't. It, it, and the way they talk about it, it kind of doesn't seem like they were. But we know that while they're doing other things, Spook is keeping watch. And Spook always burns tin to keep watch, which means yeah. he gets to hear everything that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean – I would say poor spook, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't really care, so.
0: Don't
3: really care. <laughs> you, you don't want to make yourself more sick.
1: Yeah, that's uh, true.
0: And I'd forgotten, actually, that we get this part of Ellen's perspective, where he's, he's thinking about, like, how impressive Vin is, because she's not really even showing any of the damage from her fight anymore. It's like, she'd fought Zane, who had apparently been Ellen's half-brother, <laughs> and also Tensoon's Conjurer left. <laughs> it was a wild night. yeah. He kisses her, and it wakes her up, and she's like, you're a bad influence on me. I don't even sleep in my clothes anymore. But if people showed up in the middle of the night, I'd have to fight them naked. And he's like, ooh. Dude, no. Saucy. <laughs> no, nah, that's,
1: uh, that's gross. You don't want yeah. to
0: be naked. <laughs> it turns out Vin is, he says that she's afraid of horses, and she's like, I'm not afraid of them. They just don't like me because they know I can outrun them, and it makes them certainly. <laughs>
1: he's like oh is that it is
0: it and she nods it's like yes that is it thank you
1: oh gosh
0: and spook's out there and he thinks someone is following them he's also whining as joe said about you know (laughs) know, how useless he is because vin is just vin is vin and she's good at everything and he doesn't even have ellen's power of being respected and so he thinks someone's back there not Straff scouts but someone and vin's like oh it's the mist spirit it's following us. And Spook and Ellen share a look. So uh, they don't believe in the mist spirit, it seems like. But he's not going to say that. He's like, as long as it stays out of her way, right? I think the look might have been more like relevant
3: to Ellen's has just spent a bit of time saying to Spook, you're not useless, you're our scout. And Spook's like, well, someone's following us. And Vin's like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Mm. And so Spook's just like, yeah. see, useless. Maybe, yeah. Because I feel like Ellen does believe, like, they talked about it uh, in one of these chapters, like, like, Vin was telling him about the Miss Spirit, and he seemed on board with it then, so I can't imagine that'd be it. Hmm. Maybe. That's a good thought. Yeah. I
1: don't, I don't know. I think Ellen's trying to say that he believes her, but at the same time, he's like, I, I just don't understand this, what she's saying.
3: Possibly. And they are watching a Captain America her way through, like, like a log pile. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Do the thing from Age of Ultron where she picks up a log and splits it with her bare hands. And it's like, ooh, that's uh, sexually intimidating.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh, we cut to Straff walk up. And he's like, oh, wow, I'm awake. Okay.
2: I think that was his first Boo!
0: Surprise. Boo! <laughs> Straff's awake. Boo! And actually, he addresses this in the annotations. He says, Straff is indeed alive. A lot of alpha readers were surprised to read the scene because they figured he was dead after the last one. I, however, have a few more things for him to do. Plus, you can't kill a villain in a fade-out like that without some good confirmation. It's just not dignified. I guess. He also, which I didn't read and I won't read, but he had a whole thing about how the Ariane scene cracks him up and he loves Arianne. And uh, he tends to like characters who are quick-tongued and act more foolish than they are. So yeah. that's
1: where Aureanne comes from. I, I mean, I like Brandon Sanderson, but whenever an author talks about how much they like a character they created and they like the scene that they wrote, they talk about it as if they didn't write it. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you, you wrote the scene. You If you find it funny, that's cool. But don't act like you didn't make it up because you did. <laughs>
3: But I, I guess if they started saying, "Man, I'm so funny because I wrote this," they just sound like really arrogant. Yeah, but that's what they're saying anyway. <laughs> I
0: think it's very different. Characters bit of a they have a life of their own. You just don't understand. Arianne said oh, those things. Yeah, he just wrote right. them down. I've
1: never, <laughs> I've never created, so I don't, I don't understand.
0: But uh, I like how the healer of, in Strap's army is like. So you've been down for three days, and we don't, we weren't sure why you ate what you ate or why and we didn't want to make you vomit because it seemed like it was your own choice to drink that stuff so we didn't want to challenge you even while you were passed out for three days
3: my lord you went on a bender that lasted 10 minutes and you were out for three days
2: (laughs) a 10 minute bender yep nice
3: (laughs) was a hell of a bender
0: when he finds out anyone
2: questioned the dead woman
1: in his chambers no, nah, I guess that's not an interesting point. Maybe that's <laughs> it's... pretty normal After he has um, sex with a mistress He's like, you know what, I'm done with this one
3: Sorry to interrupt, Lord Venture We've got a 1082
0: on our hands Oh, <laughs> Jesus,
1: again, Straff
0: <laughs> I, I totally believe that, you know They occasionally have to clear some dead bodies up It's like the white court in the Dresden Files Where it's like, you gotta have a convenient body disposal system Oh, uh, yeah, I guess when he finds out who's in charge of his army while he's been knocked out, he's like, well, why hasn't he killed me? And everyone's like, what? No one would betray you. They'd end up dead in their tent. General Gennaro was most worried about your safety. And Straff's like, oh, right. They don't know that Zane is gone. So they assume that either he's going to take charge or he would kill somebody else if they tried to take charge. Hmm. Useful. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I like how he doesn't have... It doesn't even... Slightly come into his mind that they like him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shouldn't. Nobody likes that. Him. Copy it. Sure. Right? No. Yeah. He's but like, well, they like can't it. like me. They can't want me to live. It's gotta be that they're scared of Zane.
0: Oh, well, I mean, yeah. If, once you that spend five minutes with
1: draft, <laughs> it's like
3: he just assumes everyone is like him. and we'll kill the com- like kill their commander at the drop of a hat if it means they get more power.
1: And presumably, you know, he knows if this he-
3: guy. Uh, Lord General,
1: that is. You know, if he feels that way, I think there's something deeper going on. I think Straff may not like himself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just the Stewie Griffin like uh, thing. It's just like banging on about his plans, and then just goes,
0: "I've really got problems, haven't I?" <laughs> uh, but they tell him that Vin and they think Elland have both left the city, and that Lord Gennaro was getting ready to attack. And uh, Straff says, "No, no, hold on. We're gonna break camp and pull back because he wants to see if Zane's plan will work." Because remember, he didn't come up with the plan. Zane came up with the plan. I wonder if how differently it would have gone if Zane had never uh, mentioned that. And then we cut to Sazed, who is uh, just hanging out, charging up various ferrochemical attributes. 3 days wasn't a lot of time but he's trying to boost uh, save up everything he can in anticipation of what's about to happen. Did Straff ever respond to Lord Penrod's messages? No, but he did execute the last messenger. So
3: there you go. Was that Straff or was that Janal doing that? It's like, uh, what
0: what would Straff do with the situation? Kill him? <laughs> well, and actually in the annotations, he says uh, Clubs mentions that the last messenger to Straff to visit Straff was executed. If you guessed that this was because Straff was finally awake, you guessed right.
3: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop making predicaments.
0: <laughs> well, we're almost at that point, so just you know, forget that you said that.
3: I'm gonna pull myself a drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he says that he's using his gold mind to save up health. I don't know if we knew before, yeah. but that's what goes in gold.
1: So he's got all the he's got all the mines working to save stuff up until and then he has a nice little touching moment with Clubs. I like Clubs like, you're, you're expecting an apology
0: out of me, Tarisman? Says he's like, no, not at all. He's like, good, you're a decent enough person, you're just confused. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I have a religion for you. And Clubs is like, seriously? And he tells him about this, uh, he's like, what you said made me think about uh, these people. They believed there was only one god and that there was only one right way to worship him. And clubs isn't listening until he says they were artists, and now club is is listening. He talks about how they did art and poetry, and club's like, why are you trying to preach this to me? Shouldn't you preach something about warfare? Or he's like, no, no, no. Everyone else has forgotten that you were like this woodworker, this artist, and I saw you putting the t- finishing touches on pieces that your apprentices had carved. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys had forgotten that he was a woodworker and a very skilled one at that, but. Uh, I remember.
1: Never forget.
0: And Sazed had this made, this little wooden disc that's the symbol of the da draw da faith, and leaves it for Clubs. Who then says, your woman has been looking for you. And Says tries to be like, we're not. And then Clubs just eyes him, and he's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, Say's stops filling uh, most of his uh, the mines that he's using. And Clubs is like, interesting. Like, I saw the changes. I guess you didn't want to face that woman without all your faculties, huh? I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Clubs is firing on all cylinders today. He really is. Clubs is great. So he goes to find her, and she is with Dachshund, and they are plotting Penrod's in charge of the armies, and he's put noblemen in charge of all 20 battalions. And Dachshund does not like this, because the noblemen are stupid, and they don't know anything about commanding a war. They've spent their lives ordering drinks and throwing parties. I think
3: Asay thinks he's about to just like stage another coup.
0: <laughs> Dachshund's like, no, don't look frightened. We're not <laughs> going to do anything that too drastic. It's too late for something like that anyway. And he's, Dachshund seems almost disappointed. <laughs> oh, gosh. But Dachshund wants one of uh, the crew near each of the gates to take command if the noblemen kind of fail in their jobs. Or to at least help out, I guess. And Tindwill is there because Doxson asked for her advice because he also has no experience fighting a war. No one really does, except for maybe clubs. And then Sazed and Tindwill have their own little conversation. And he used up all his wakefulness and speed, and he used up all his health overcoming a sickness in the south. So that's why he's charging up all these things. And then it's like, why did you stay here, Tindwill? And she's still mad that he convinced Ellen and Vin to leave. She says they expect to be saved, Sazed. Even those men over there, even Doxon, the most practical, think that they'll survive because deep down they think that something will save them, the same thing that saved them before. And you sent her away.
1: I, I don't know about that because Sazed made it pretty clear like they're they're going, like there are. We're we're gonna hope that they can make it out, and then someday they can come back. But I. Don't, I don't know that the rest of the crew thinks that Vin is going to come back specifically to save them. Mm. I don't know why why, why Tin Will's reasoning is like that, but whatever.
0: Clubs has seemed pretty confident that they were all going to die, like, for almost the whole book at this point. Yeah, so... I feel like that's that's Clubs on a day-to-day
1: basis, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he was convinced they were going to die when Kelsier told them the plan about taking down the Lord Ruler.
0: <laughs> that's true, yeah. So the entire series, Clubs has been convinced that they're, they're all like,
1: going to die. Every, every day he wakes up alive, and it's
3: just like, God damn it, one day I'll be right.
0: So you know that means that he's going li- to outlive everybody, right? He's the only one who's like, yeah, we're going to die.
3: In a surprise <laughs> twist, the series ends with
0: King Clubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my hey. god, he's the king of clubs. Oh my god. There could oh be worse choices. He'd be, he, I think he could be a good king. Yeah. But then they hug, and there's the sweet moment of the two of them being together and she has this whole thing. It's like, do you know why I love you says because romantic gibberish, that's not fair, but (laughs) I don't think any of your friends understand what a power they had in you. And he's like, had, she's already thinking about us. Like we're in the past tense and she's like, you were wrong to send them away, but maybe you're right too. And that's when the drums start to beat, meaning that an attack has begun. And that is the end of the chapters. So Yeah. You're not wrong that uh, there's a decent little cliffhanger to end on there. Who could have made such a choice?
2: It's like it was planned that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Let us get into predicaments, which Dak has been saying he stopped making predicaments. So why doesn't he go first?
3: Oh, OK. How's that bus I just got thrown under? (laughs) (laughs) No. So, all right. Battle's obviously started. I expect. Um, I think I called it an episode or two ago that some of our some of our guys aren't going to make it out of this conflict. After the mass development that Clubs has gotten, like in the last few chapters alone, I think Clubs is like the highest on my list. Is he's actually probably going to kick the bucket. Mm,
0: um, like he was trying to squeeze in all the development he could before it happened.
3: Well, I mean, he he got like nothing in the first book, and he yep. made it out unscathed, but he's gotten. Like we, I think we've said it a lot, he's gotten way more in a handful of chapters in this book than he did the entire first book. It's true. Um, so I feel like that is all leading up to we're deliberately getting more and more attached to him, and then uh, he'll pro- he'll probably die in the process. And honestly, I'm starting to think it might not be looking so good for Breeze either, just on the basis that all like Orians and Set's entire purpose for coming back is to try and see what they can do for Breeze. So I feel like Set's army is going to come back. They're going to aid the uh, survivors in Dill, and then Breeze. But then Breeze is probably going to die, and Oriane's going to see it. So I think that'll set up Oriane for a bigger role in the next book. You know, helping the crew out of guilt for whatever it was she did that got Breeze killed.
0: Well, and we just talked about how the two powers can affect the same thing. So if you lost Breeze, then you could totally switch her out and get the same effect. Maybe that's an interesting point.
3: Yeah, it's like, well, we lost Kelsia, but we got Orasur slash Tensoon. He's not quite the same thing. Well, we lost Breeze, but then we got Orienne, and God, no one wants her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, in this book, we start to like Breeze better, because it turns out he's actually a good guy. So obviously, you have to get rid of him and replace him with someone we don't like. Yeah.
3: yeah. But nice. yeah, no, I, feel, I, I, I think earlier on I called Ham, but now like, I, don't, I don't think that anymore. I think, yeah, Clubs and Breeze, I don't think are going to make it out of this book alive. And... Yeah. I got like I said before, like I didn't honestly think they were going to leave Luthadel this late in the game, so I've got no idea what <laughs> like if or Vin will make it to the well this book, or if they make it to Terrace and then get imprisoned there or something, or or you know I called a while back, they did actually make it to the well and and they found Elendi frozen to the wall or something there, so that might still happen. I've got no idea.
0: It's, it seems like kind of a long trip to get to the well if there's only seventeen percent of this book left. So
3: yeah, that's that was my thought. It's like they can't possibly make that journey in that amount of time, right? Especially if they've got a map which is leading them
0: to the wrong location. Yep. And I think I think they even made a point in these chapters of being like, yeah, you know, they're not in a hurry to get there. So yeah. Hmm. Damn honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Jamie, what you got?
2: I actually don't really have much this week. I, I did agree with Dax's idea about Clubs possibly not making it through the book. There was there was a point, and I can't even remember exactly which point it was. It was probably when Clubs were talking to Sazed about their religion, and I was like, ah, Clubs is going to die. <laughs> um, he'll finally find hope, and this will be it. Yeah. I wasn't surprised that Tindwell didn't go with them, mm. but I'm sort of surprised that like I, I thought she would go with them at first, but then her reaction just seems totally, totally justified. I feel like if Sazed had maybe spoken to her about it first, maybe she would have understood. But she seems to just be completely on the outer from what Sazed plans mm. for them. So that that sort of didn't surprise me that she was like, "Hang on, I mean, I'm not in control of this situation. I'm not going." Yeah, I feel now that we've got those three on the journey, though. You've got Ellen and you've got Vin. I'm starting to think that Spook is probably going to play a bigger role in this at the well. I just otherwise I don't really understand his point of being there apart from being a pack horse. But yeah, Sp- interested to see where he goes.
0: Spook is going to take the energy at the well and become the hero of ages, or the new Lord ruler. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, uh, thank you for just taking my prediction. Appreciate Aww. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was-
3: I was I was going to say like maybe maybe he maybe he'll fight the mist ghost and then it's the ghost versus the spook.
2: <laughs> well, the thing that sort of tipped me off in that was that he could see like he knew someone was following, he could he could detect that. And I don't know whether that's all Tin eyes would have been able to detect that or if there's something about him that's special as well. I mean, he's not hearing the thumping. we don't know that he's hearing the thumping. I don't know that we've actually ever had a spook viewpoint. I don't
3: think, I don't think, so. think we have no. It would be incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Jamie I want to put it on record right now There's nothing special about Spook (laughs) Alrighty
0: Poor Spook So mean (laughs) Okay yeah And it really does seem like if we're going to have A major story point focus around These three people on this trip Spook would have to get some more uh, time Than he's gotten so far Unless it's just like oh and Spook is here too Just FYI
2: Spook is here complaining about how not important he is.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. (laughs) Spook's got a role to play yet.
0: He's going to die. And they'll be like, you were never important after all. Sad. That is sad. Even (laughs) for Spook. That's very sad. Yes, that's mean. Okay, uh, Joe, what do you want?
1: Data data took my only prediction, so I guess I'm done.
0: Uh Which which, which one? That he becomes a new Lord Ruler or that he becomes the hero?
1: Or that he tries to, yeah.
0: He tries and fails. That yeah, he Yeah.
1: No, he tries to take the power and, and Vin stops him either through reason or force.
0: Oh, so does that make spook like the Rorschach of this trip is he going to assassinate Vin yeah. at the last I minute? Mean, he is Whoa. their pack.
1: He is bringing the packs, you know. Mm. He is technically a Pacman. Waka 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 waka. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like this story that we're writing now. The next the next book is going to be all these three on this journey, and Spook is going to gradually turn evil and, like, try to yeah. kill Vin.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really – it brings full circle. Like, he's the Jar Jar of the piece. But, you know, if you believe the conspiracy that Jar Jar was originally supposed to be an evil mastermind, well, there you go. You got Spook. He's the um, Jar Jar. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's he, he totally, just, is, totally funny. That may be yeah. the meanest thing you've ever said about him. Nah. <laughs> I mean – Let's let's be real here. Unless Spook dies in a really significant way, there's nothing there's nothing good going to come out of him. <laughs> um, I you know, everybody who's like, "Oh, don't be so mean to Spook." I'm like, "He better do some awesome stuff in the next book or I or I will not change my opinion." <laughs> he's got he's had two books now and he's not endearing himself to you at all no no he's barely been in this one the only thing he's doing right in this one is he's not talking like an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but that that also enrages me because obviously he could have been doing this the whole time
0: okay that's fair all right then (laughs) we have on that note we have three emails that i was gonna read retro rocket Emails, I was gonna say he, how
3: many? How many are from Retro Rocket?
0: There's just, yeah, there's just one this time. But he's he actually brings up something interesting because in the last episode that went out, we were talking about how Vin was not you. You guys were upset that she wasn't burning copper and that Zane was able to affect her because of that. And you're like, that's like lesson one. Why is she not burning copper all the time? So he has a comment on that. Uh, he says, in the previous book, I think she was talking to someone, can't remember who, and he suggested to her that it was better to not burn copper so that you can tell what someone is trying to soothe or riot you toward. I think Vin took this lesson to heart, and sh- so she doesn't didn't burn copper as much as she had. I don't know if she even burns copper in this book at all. I at least can't remember it being said that she did. Uh, that was Marsh who said that. Which makes sense. Which, I mean, that's one reason. Uh, I can see the logic there. I don't know that Marsh's comment would have gotten through Vin's paranoia, but...
2: I mean, it's a pretty risky move, too.
0: Well, you yeah. If
2: someone who's, you know, soothing or, or rioting you, it, like, you, you have to make sure that you remain focused enough to see yeah. what they're doing and not just feel what you're feeling.
1: Yeah, and clearly also, she did Also, he's a misborn, so, like, he's probably even better at it than other Alamancers because he's a super powerful Mistborn.
0: I guess it depends on how much he's worked with that. Because we know Breeze is better than, like, probably e- even any of the Mistborn he's met at, like, soothing and rioting, or soothing people, rather, because he that's what he does all the time.
1: I mean, I guess I we, we get from Marsh that barely after Vin starts, she's really good at it, because it takes Marsh a second to realize that she's doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. She's very subtle with it. Hmm. Vin's also just got, like, a natural talent for Allomancy, so she may be a bad example.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was, that was her first thing that she learned how to do right was soothe
0: that was one of the things that that was was her luck yeah that was her luck right right we find out that she was also probably using like a little bit of pewter without knowing it to not die exactly so yeah that's just an interesting comment about another uh another viewpoint on that our second email is from todd and todd says i really enjoy your podcast and then has a quote saying it would be a real shame if ellen never got to meet his brother." And he says, I see what you did there. (laughs) But he says, Monday is always the highlight of my week because it means there's a new Sanderlanch podcast. I'm really impressed how fast everyone was on deciding uh, that Orsor was the spy. Mainly Joe. But yeah, Okay,
2: I think only Joe. I think once Joe took that standpoint, we were all like, "Nope, let's let's choose other avenues.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, who knows if the, if uh, if Joe hadn't, somebody else might have come up with
1: the idea. But
0: once he was on yeah, that maybe train, so. everyone else is like, "Oh, well, we better find a different idea."
1: Yeah, yeah. they want to distance themselves from me as much as possible. I mean, I get. <laughs> well,
0: and I was constantly dissing your your theory. I'm like, "Oh, here comes Joe with his volcanoes theory."
1: Yeah, what a jerk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to be too obvious uh, what was going on, but yeah, that's thank you, Todd. We appreciate the positive thoughts. Hopefully you won't be too disappointed if uh, when we skip a week for Christmas, I don't I don't think it'll actually be the week of Christmas for y'all, will it? Hold on, let's see. I think it will Burn? actually. No, the week of Christmas is when this episode that we're now recording comes out, so it'll be the week after Christmas.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh right, yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, thanks, Todd. Then we get a an email from Angela. This is Angela One, I believe. Angela nice. Prime, is that what we decided? I think uh, so. So she says, Hello, this is a super random thought, but y'all have made me smile, so I just wanted to say thanks. The last few weeks have been really crazy and slightly overwhelming. For some reason, my brain has decided that when I have a moment of feeling overwhelmed, I should think, It sucks to be a ska.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Do you mm-hmm. sing
2: it, Angela?
0: <laughs> it, tr- tr- oh, y- y- you might have trouble. Yeah. Sing your song, uh, Angela. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Sorry, into it. Let it so, go. Yeah, there, you go. Uh, there you go, Dax bom, got bom. us. Dax got your back. Good job.
1: Yeah. I can't do the spook spin on it. Uh, I can't emotion. do the spook rap either, not like this. <laughs> not like this. Not like this. I'm trying
0: to kill Joe. I'm like, no, sing the song, damn it. <laughs> uh. She says, "There's obviously no way for me to compare the mundane, normal stressors of my life to those faced by the characters in the book, but thinking about this little jingle always makes me smile and remember not to take myself or the small bad things in life too seriously." Wasn't to the time of next, Angela. That's really sweet, Angela. Yeah, really, really sweet. nice. Thank you for telling us about that. That makes me happy.
1: It's, it's a, always a, a pleasure when a she teacher, writes. it. Yeah, yes. So it's got to be
3: like end of end of uh, year mocking and shit.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. What a what a difficult time to be a teacher for sure
0: yeah this whole year yeah <laughs> but apparently uh kids get very uh, rambunctious in the last uh, couple weeks before school lets out i uh, am learning so mm-hmm.
1: you just learned that you don't remember that from when you were a child It's it's because all that all their respect
3: for authority figures transfers from parents and teachers to the fat dude who brings them presents <laughs> that's
1: a good point
0: oh my gosh Yeah, my my wife has told me stories about her school, and it's not even just this last couple weeks. She works in not the best school in the area, and she's just like, "Uh, our kid got in trouble because he hurt himself in, like, P.E. and said a swear word, which obviously you should not be doing that, child. And he got in trouble when he got home for this also. But she's like, I got a call from the principal about that. At my school, like, I get called a bitch by, like, my students every day. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good thing. Like, you're, you're saying this like it's normal, and that's not the way I remember school but
1: yeah uh, well we, we you know it's really just the public school stuff that other school that you guys send your kids to is a different school district so it's they've got very that's different true. expectations
0: but yeah so i'm just like man she's like yeah they steal my food whenever when i turn around if i if i have food left over uh from lunch or if i have a snack that i'm saving it gets stolen and i'm just like jeez did she work this? at the mad max school
1: Right? That's awful. Nah, uh, all the almost all the public middle schools in our town are like that, from what I've heard from really? different teachers. Yeah, pretty much, uh, except for the one you guys send your kids to, because, like I said, it's a different school district.
0: So anyway, uh, and and yes, and things have only seemed to ramp up with uh, with the vacation coming. So, but I, also apparently the whole last week they're like, now we're not going to bother trying to do any work. I feel like I remember that from school where they're like, we know we're going to give in to the inevitable wave of no kid is going to pay attention the last week of school.
1: Right.
3: Oh yes. The end of the entropy.
2: Uh, I swear ours started in December. We used to get these Christmas contracts and it was basically like for a month doing word searches and, you know, writing letters to Santa. Like I didn't learn much in December. ever. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Sorry. Another random sidetrack. Uh <laughs> but christmas is coming up we're, we're, we're apparently we can't pay attention either that's why we're gonna take a week off um, that's my that's my new excuse so we just don't have the attention <laughs> yeah. span for it but for the next record we are reading two chapters 51 and 52 so and fun fact the the one after that we're reading four chapters so Ooh. as we approach the end of the book we're gonna speed up a little bit i think it's also because chapter sizes may start decreasing as you know action ramps up yeah,
1: yeah. cliffhangers that's action and
0: 51 what and 52 for next time, everyone. Please don't be don't be too horribly disappointed in us for taking some time off and come back and uh, listen to the next episode, which things things are getting exciting. Uh, music yeah. by Miracle of Sound. Oh my God!
1: Yeah, I know, right? I only had edit it back me. into the
0: episode so many times.
1: Next time you hear me, I won't sound like this. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, yeah.
1: That
3: that would be a problem. Yeah, if, uh, another reason to take a bit of time off, let
1: you get back on your feet.
0: Yeah, I, we we might have to tell them we're not going to do D and D on uh, Tuesday unless you're feeling a lot better.
1: Yeah, I um I I'm um, yeah we'll see. That's uh so, you know that's that's four days away from now, so yeah. who knows?
0: Joe is our DM, so it requires a lot of talking on his part.
1: Oh yep yep fair enough
0: thanks everyone for listening it wasn't to the time of next and we try, try, try
2: Tell it to the pain Who would never let it fade.